Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast is brought to you by Texan Senior Residential Care Homes, ATD Painting, and Performance Food Group. Texan Senior Residential Care Homes, senior care at its best with a family atmosphere. They specialize in making their facilities as close to a home living experience as possible. Not only that, there are no movement fees and there are no visitation restrictions. They are located near I-635 in Marsh Lane in Dallas, right near Carrollton. For more information, you can call 469-400-7650. That is Texan Senior Residential Care Homes. And now, let's podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch. I'm the sports editor at Star Local Media, and I'm being joined by Brian Murphy and Taylor Raglan. On today's podcast, we're going to preview the third round of the high school football playoffs, including can Mesquite Horn and Frisco Lone Star keep that playoff mojo rolling? Uh, Can Allen exact revenge on the Woodlands? But first, let's talk about our game of the week. And for this, we uh, we had out to, it was actually a very very contentious vote between a couple Frisco ISD schools. Ironically enough, the two best football programs in Frisco ISD this year, Reedy and Lone Star. Uh, Ultimately, though, the Lions get the uh, the nod in this one, Brian. Friday, 7 o'clock, at South Lakes Dragon Stadium, Frisco Reedy versus Burleson Centennial in the regional semifinal round of the playoffs. Uh, both of these programs relatively young. You know, Reedy obviously in just its third year as a varsity program, Centennial in its seventh year. Uh, both programs enjoying what um, say is their best seasons ever, though. I mean, with, uh, with Centennial, even though they've been around for a little bit longer, this is their second appearance in the third round. They did so back in 2015, but they did set a program record with 11 wins this season versus a, a Reedy program that had not won a playoff game prior to this season and is now um, not only you know bound for the third round, but uh, I mean the Lions certainly have some uh, some pretty high expectations as far as where they think this playoff run could eventually uh, end up. So uh, Brian, you were actually just at Reedy earlier this week to talk with uh, with quarterback Josh Foskey for our, uh, our podcast interview on mm-hmm. Monday. Um, what is the mood around Reedy like right now? I mean, how is the program handling the um, you know it was one thing to you know to you know to knock out the uh, the regular season milestones and all that, but now they are in a in a full fledged playoff run. What is the mood like around? On the program right now. Well, I think in the field house they have a room set up for me now with with my own bed and, and <laughs> nightstand and, and everything. And just been there all week. Uh, now, Reedy, they're they're good. They know they know they're good. And I know they're telling me and they're saying publicly they're not looking too much into that Alito possible matchup with mm-hmm. Alito next week. But they know they have the the team, the talent, the size. You know the coaching and all that to to breeze by Burleson Centennial, and, and you know the, this could be a trap game for Reedy. It, this could be one of those dangerous games where you know you overlook an opponent too much. But I, I just don't see that happening. Mm-hmm. I know we're we're not diving into our, you know predictions and, and all that stuff yet, but I, I 
I don't see a way Reedy loses this week at, at Dragon Stadium. If there's anything that could make them lose, though, it's because Burleson Centennial is not like any team that, uh, that they have seen this season. It's a very the, the reason why it's a tricky matchup is because Burleson Centennial runs a it's a style of offense that. It's much like Frisco High. You just don't see teams that run the uh, the old flex bone offense, yeah. and it's something that uh, Centennial has uh, you know deployed to uh, to much success this year. And um, you know it's again much like you know these teams that you know we mentioned Frisco High. You know I know that obviously they're in the same district as Reedy, but you know obviously the wing T flex bone not exactly the same thing. But it's the same kind of methodology in that when you go up against an offense that you're just not acclimated to seeing. And, I mean it's very difficult to kind of prepare for that kind of stuff on just a uh, just a show, what four. Five days notice. Yeah, and it's a similar concept to what Midlothian ran last mm-hmm. week with the triple option. Yeah. You know, they had five or six guys run the football last week. Midlothian, their main goal was to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, you know, get the time possession mm-hmm. under their belts and then break a big play. Break yeah. a big play. Josh Fosky, Reedy uh, quarterback, told me earlier this week, you know, they, that's what they're expecting this week from Burleson mm-hmm. Centennial to keep the Reedy offense off the field and have those, they, they want to have, Burleson Centennial, they want to have those methodical drives and then bust one. Midlothian was able to do that a little bit. Mm-hmm. They had a 70 yard touchdown run to start the second half, but that was really all they had against Reedy. And Reedy kind of has the upper hand. You know, they faced Frisco this year, they faced Midlothian, teams that have these, you know, one style type mm-hmm. offenses. And I think Reedy, they have the size, they have the personnel. I think they can, they can stop that. And Foskey told me earlier this week, you know, what they're going to have to do offensively again is score on every single possession, like they did last week against Midlothian. They scored on their first eight drives. Wow! Whether it was a touchdown or a field goal, the only offensive possession in which they did not score is when they kneeled, mm-hmm. uh, kneeled out the game, the final possession of the, of the ball game. So. I don't think Burleson Centennial has the guys on defense to stop what what Reedy has offensively. You know, the, you look at their offensive line. Uh, did you see Reedy play this year? Did, I, I don't no. think I have. Okay, I, th- I thought you might like Dallas mm-hmm. or or one of those games. But no, their offensive line, if you ever see them in person, their offensive line is so big. Mm-hmm. Bigger than Lone Star, bigger than Prosper's, bigger than you know some of the other big bigger schools that I cover. And they're just they're huge, and I think that could be a problem for Burleson Centennial. As far as what Centennial brings to the table, you know, we mentioned that they do run the the flexbone offense. Um, they're not going to throw the ball much at mm-hmm. all. You know, quarterback Kyle Burns he attempted only uh, just looking for what box scores I was able to find. He attempted just six passes in their wins over Arlington Seguin and, uh, and Dallas Kimball. Um, you know, they do have another guy, um, Hank Meyer, who'll come in and occasionally throw a couple passes. But again, it's I mean they they didn't throw the ball more than eight times in either of those two aforementioned games. I mean, much like uh, you know Frisco, it's kind of a death by a thousand cuts style of, of running where it's mm-hmm. not there's no one true bell cow but there's going to be you know five six guys who are going to toe the rock you know six to ten times you know a, a piece guys like Chris Mosley uh, Jalen Jackson um, Zion Ababio there's no way I pronounced that name correctly um, but that the backfield could um you know could be a bit shorthanded this week um, you're their normal uh, fullback you know out of the flexbone their their fullback uh, Jeff Curvin he um, he was either injured against um, Corsicana in their last playoff game or beforehand um, you know so the backfield could be a little bit limited and I mean he's you know kind of the uh, been the anchor I mean he had 173 yards on just nine carries and four touchdowns in their in their by district playoff game but um, I mentioned Chris Mosley and he's a name that I would assume that if um, you know Curvin's unable to go on Friday that uh, Chris Mosley is going to be you know one of the chief beneficiaries and um, not only is not only in the backfield but 
he also doubles as a major weapon on special teams um, against Corsicana. He, you know, he had some very you know key plays and the in the return game, and he also blocked two kicks. <laughs> so um, yeah, you got to be mindful of him, and uh, pretty much any time he's on the field, you got to <laughs> pay attention to him. And then um, you know we mentioned the uh, you know what Centennial's defense, what they what threat they they might be able to pose against Reedy and that offensive line. Um, the, I guess probably the uh, kind of the anchor of that defense is up front with mm-hmm. uh, with Mason Richards. He had three sacks against uh, against Corsicana. Daquan Campbell in the secondary had a couple interceptions. It's a defense that's played pretty well. I mean, they're only allowing you know 17.8 points per game. So you know at least on paper, you know the numbers are fairly even across the board. You know between these two mm-hmm. programs. I mean, good luck getting those sacks against the, yeah. the offensive line. Josh Foskey, he rarely turns the ball. Does he over. get sacked often? I mean, did, no, no, he pressured or just how? I mean, the, the, the times you've seen them, how how often is he under duress? Rarely yeah. uh, against Midlothian. You know, a second round playoff mm-hmm. opponent. He there were times he's just sitting there in the pocket, mm-hmm. and he had all day to throw, and that's how he was able to hit Bennett Meekum for three touchdowns, three big touchdowns in that game. He found uh, Nolan Matthews for a touchdown in that game. He he has time to throw, and I. You know, like you said, even though they have some some guys on that defensive front, it seems like that's where the strength for Centennial is. I don't think they can penetrate what mm-hmm. you know past that Reedy offensive line. I mean, but we'll see. And that Mosley kid that you that you mentioned, he had a big fifty-seven yard punt return to set up their go-ahead yeah. score as well. So you know, if they if they can hone in on some of those playmakers, which I think Reedy can do. I, I just don't see Centennial scoring a lot of points. But Centennial, they have played in a lot of close games this year. Just looking at their schedule against Corsicana mm-hmm. and some other teams, they had a blowout loss to Alito. I think was the last time they lost. That's their only loss okay, this season. Yeah. Back in week three, and, you know, everyone has lost to Alito. So, but you know, a lot of the other games, they've had to squeak by wins. Either that could mm-hmm. be you know cause for concern with them, seeing that Reedy has just kind of cruised along mm-hmm. in their undefeated twelve and zero mark, or maybe if they can make Reedy uncomfortable. You know, that first half kind of maybe jump on them early and weather a storm, then who knows? Reedy can be uncomfortable, and, and Centennial is used to being in these close games. Who, who knows? We'll see. But that's their best bet is to weather that storm and, you know, get get some touchdowns early in that game, or, or they'll they'll fall too far behind. Yeah, given the, just the stylistic profile of these two mm-hmm. teams, I think the first quarter will be perhaps the most yeah. telling of the uh, of the four on Friday as far as where this game is headed. And if Reedy is in for a, for a threat, because when you are, I mean, it's no secret that if you are a run-based offense, that I don't know how many times, you know, you know uh, Centennial's had to dig out of a potential double-digit deficit, but obviously that's just, that's death, because, mm-hmm. I mean, just the time's up, <laughs> you're up against, the, uh, up against the clock, and if you're, you know, I mean, unless you can, you know, rip off a big play here and there, which I think, you know, Centennial's capable of, but I'm not sure they can do so against Reedy, but if they, um, you know, if they are to fall behind early on, things could get out of hand pretty quickly. And I think they will. And he's, are you ready for my prediction now? Go for it. Reedy wins this by 30 points. Wow. Yeah. I don't have an exact score, but they'll, they'll win by about 30 points. Wow. I think it's just hard for a team like, it's, it's that classic conversation I feel like we've had a million times this year of one team has to have the game go exactly mm-hmm. one way. And the other team can beat you in, you know, a variety of ways. And Burleson has to get out early, you know, eat up a lot of the clock, run the ball well. Force turnovers. Force turnovers. Yeah. Stop Reedy. Like, the whole point of keeping the Reedy offense off the field is that when they do get back on the field, you have to stop them. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. So, I, I like the win of course, Canna. I like some of their wins this year. I think that, you know, they're a fine football team. But, but Reedy is just, I think it's just going to be too much. And too many things have to go right. It, you know, it's it's like, you know, you look at the Rockwell Allen game, so many things have to go perfectly right for you to knock mm-hmm. off a team like this, like Reedy, that's rolling so well and is so talented. I just, it's not impossible, certainly not impossible, but 
you I said, think it's it's just tough. You said something interesting there. Centennial, they're a fine team, but Reedy, they're a great team. Yeah. So, yeah. It, it, like you we said. We wouldn't be having the conversation about a potential reedy Alito matchup and how intriguing that would be if, if Reedy wasn't a cut above yeah. teams like Burleson sure. and Centennial. So, it's it, it, nothing's ever impossible in the playoffs. Crazy things happen, sure. but... It, I think so much just has to go right for them that you know it's it's unlikely. Let's it, put it highly unlikely. It'll it'll take a, a three plus turnover game yeah. for Reedy, which is very uncharacteristic of them. You know, some fluky things will have to happen for mm-hmm. for Centennial to to pull off the upset in this one. I was just curious. I was just checking up while you guys were talking, just what some of the computer projections have for okay. this uh, for this matchup, just to see fun. what the what the algorithms say the projected margin of victory should be. Uh, Calpreps.com only favors Reedy to win this game by five. Oh man, for what it's worth. And then the Massey ratings have Reedy by twelve. Okay, so well, the Murphy ratings <laughs> have Reedy by thirty. <laughs> by 30, wow. <laughs> we shall see. Um, yeah, like you guys, I'm siding with Reedy in this as well. Um, just again, like you said, Taylor, just the, just more ways to win. And this at this juncture of the playoffs, you know, just if you're going to play this game out 100 times, you know, just the ver- the variety of ways in which Reedy can win this game, I think, will uh, will play itself out on uh, on Friday. I do not think it's going to be just an absolute laugher, though. I think this would be a 14 to 17 point victory. Um, and yeah, that is a look at uh, kind of just our, our general take on this one. You know, obviously, though, I uh, wanted to get uh, get some thoughts on Reedy and just uh, and their side of things as far as how they're feeling heading into the third round. And for that, we called upon their, uh, what, their Swiss Army knife. He does so, it all. So if I'm going to classify him as Reedy, what position would you <laughs> would you slot him as? Linebacker. Linebacker? He, he's, their, he's their best linebacker. He was an all-district first-team mm-hmm. linebacker last year as a sophomore. I mean, but he's also their kicker. He mm-hmm. boots 40-plus yard field goals. He... He kicks off on uh, on, on kickoffs. You know, he'll more times than not ta- tackle the return man. We're speaking of Will Harbor, by yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah. And, and well, man, that needs no introduction. Yeah. Really. And he's their wildcat cor- wildcat yeah. quarterback. He scored plenty of touchdowns this year on offense. As well. I believe the reigning All Collin County uh, Utility Player of the Year. He'll be in strong contention for that once again. <laughs> no doubt about it. So yes, let's. Um, you know, Brian had a chance to swing by Reedy, talk with Will Harbor in anticipation of the Lions' big game this week against Burleson Centennial, and we will see what Will Harbor had to say after a word from the sponsor. Let's take a quick break to talk about ATD painting. Whether it's painting, staining, carpentry, residential, commercial, interior, exterior, ATD painting has you covered. They have four locations in the Metroplex, including Plano and Louisville. You can call 972-694-8888 for more information, or you can visit their website at atdpainting.com. That is ATD painting. Check it out to see just how affordable professional painting can be. And now, let's get back to the podcast. All right, I'm here with Mr. Will Harbor, and he's uh, Mr. Do Everything <laughs> for this Reedy Lion football team. Will, l- l- explain to me your role on this football team first. I-, I think you can do it better than myself. Uh, I play, I kick, uh, I play middle linebacker and wildcat qu- quarterback. Now, there's a lot of positions. It's literally, <laughs> literally in all three phases of the game. Wh- which position is your favorite? Uh, I like playing defense the most. Now, is that your original uh, position on, on linebacker? Uh, yes, yeah. Now, so how did you start playing all three? How did that come about? Uh, whenever I played in Little League, uh, I played middle linebacker, and then I also was quarterback, and then I got kicking from when I played soccer when I was before I started playing football. Gotcha. So you linebacker is your, your favorite out of the three. Which, I guess, NFL or college player have you looked up to and you tried to emulate your game uh, after? Probably uh, Sean Lee or Luke Keekley. You know why is that? Uh, they're just great uh, 
great football players. Now, so you've been with this program since you were a freshman. You played a lot as a freshman the year that y'all, I believe, won three games, only won one district game. Uh, and then now here y'all are just two years later, three rounds deep in the playoffs, 12-0. and What has this journey been like personally for you, seeing it from the very bottom, you know, when y'all didn't have any seniors uh, to start off, and then now to where y'all are today? You know, it's kind of amazing seeing all the work that we've put in and how we've worked so hard for what we've wanted. And this has been our like our goal to just keep grinding, keep working, and getting to where we are. Now, I asked Josh Foskey this uh, a few days ago. What did that playoff loss last year when y'all you know were kind of expected to maybe beat Lake Dallas, even though it was y'all's second year as a program? Mm-hmm. What did that you know heartbreaking loss, the thirty-seven, thirty-four loss, kind of kind of teach y'all going into this season? Uh, you know, it taught us that winning a playoff game is going to be hard, and it's going to be fought out, well fought. So you have to uh, kind of let a fire in us and we knew we had to play and they district switched so they're in our district and we had to work harder than ever now speaking of the playoffs you'll have a, a, a third round game big game coming up mm-hmm. uh, tomorrow night against Burleson Centennial a team that y'all have never faced before they're a, rel- a relatively uh, young program as well they have 11 wins what, what's the scouting report on those guys what are the keys to victory to beat them you know, it's kind of just like last week against Midlothian, um, kind of the same same thing. They run the same kind of offense, similar offense, and I believe if we just keep uh, playing how we're playing on offense and defense and not giving up too many big plays and just keep scoring, then uh, we'll be good. Now, when the offense last week uh, scored on their first eight drives, how, what does that do for the defense, knowing that y'all, you know, y'all are going to get a little bit of breather? Y'all, <laughs> Reedy's not going to go three mm-hmm. and out, you know, so yeah. so often yeah. on offense, and you're, you know, starting linebacker, and you're like, hey, I, I can get a little bit of a break before I have to go kick this extra point or, or kick this field goal or go back out there in a wildcat or, or what have you. Uh, you know, it's it's really nice uh, having them score uh, that much because it didn't. It's kind of relief because. Really, we have to stop them only a couple times to uh, then get the get the win. So, sure, sure. Now I have to ask you before I let you go. I know y'all aren't looking too far ahead, but you know if y'all win this week and if uh, a team over there called Alito, I don't, oh, I don't know if yeah. y'all heard about them. Yeah. But if if they win, uh, if they take care of business against South Oak Cliff, you know y'all would be uh, pinned together, pinned against each other in the fourth round next week. How much of that is on y'all's mind? Um, you know, honestly, I haven't really thought about it. Um, focused on this week against Centennial. So, Thanks again to Will Harbor for taking the time to chat with Brian for our Student Athlete Spotlight, previewing our game of the week, Frisco Reedy versus Burleson Centennial, Friday, 7 o'clock at a Dragon Stadium in Southlake. Should be a fun one. Uh, we got four more games that are on the docket as far as, our, as far as some of the main games to watch in our coverage area for the third round of the playoffs, so let's quick hit those, give some picks, and for this, let's, um, let's go all the way down to Sam Houston State University, a game uh, Friday, 7 o'clock, uh, Mesquite Horn, the best uh, I believe they're up to five wins. The best five-win team <laughs> right. reigning in the playoffs. They go up against uh, Mighty Spring Westfield. Um, yeah, just a uh, horn. I mean, they've shaken off the uh, the 0-7 start. They're now <laughs> three rounds deep in the playoffs, two wins away from drawing even on the season. Um, I don't know. Let's see. Taylor, you had a bit yeah. of a dissenting pick in this one. So uh, you see the Jaguars keeping that playoff mojo going. So uh, talk a little bit about what has you rolling with the Jaguars on Friday. I think it is the mojo. I think mm-hmm. it's the, you know, they've they've won five in a row after going 0-7. And it, it was one of those 0-7s. We talked when they were 0-4, mm-hmm. 0-5, 0-6, 0-7. At every stage, they were the best O and X team 
you know, going. And, and the, the teams that they were losing to um, certainly were, were no pushovers, and, and they've kind of proven that, you know, they, they've kind of rounded into form, especially Jermaine Givens. Um, oh, yeah into the team that we all thought they were going to be. You know, when we they played Allen at the beginning of the year, we all thought that was going to be a much different game than it ended up being. Um, and Horns kind of rounded into more of that team, mm-hmm. not an 0-7 team. Um, you know, 45 points in their past four games. Uh, beat Wiley, a surprising Wiley team, uh, I think is, is better than a lot of people thought. Um, and and the, the thing that concerns me about Spring uh, Westfield is is the lack of scoring on their side. I mean, their defense is obviously doing everything it needs to do. They gave up, you know, six points in a 10-6 to victory in the first round, 17 in a 24-17 to overtime victory in the second round. So it's really going to be a battle of can Jermaine Givens come out and, and put that kind of offensive yeah. uh, performance together for Horn um, against obviously a very, you know, good defense and a tough opponent. More, you know, as, as you've uh, talked about this week, more on caliber with the kind of teams that, that Horn was losing to early in the year. So I could see it going either way. It's, it's certainly not, um, you know, going to be a laugher or, or going to be a, a, um, a blowout either way, I don't think. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I think that, that the way Horn is rolling and, and the momentum that they've kind of built in this turnaround and, and the way their offense is going might be enough to edge them mm-hmm. in a, uh, a, a high-scoring affair, potentially. We'll see. Yeah, and if I mean, if the Horn folks need any reason to feel confident in Taylor being the one that picks them, Taylor's been in first place in the picket line pretty much all season. Yeah, you guys are right on my heels, though. Yeah, now. that's about to change. Yeah, we're, it's we're close, coming, or at least you're coming for him. You I'm one game back. This is guess, the only game. Yeah, yeah, I'm one game back, you Taylor. And guess what? The only game that you and I have yeah. different on the picket line is this week. This yeah. one, mm-hmm. um, I think that yeah, Westfield's defense is just going to be a tad too much. Yeah. Um, and you know, say what you will again, the, the ten to six win over Klein in the first round, not necessarily the most. Uh, you know, pleasing result from an aesthetic standpoint. I do think that that Cypress Ranch victory, though, is a bit more emblematic yeah. of, of, of the kind of caliber of program that, uh, that Westfield is. That's a Cy Ranch team that was ranked in the top ten in the entire mm-hmm. state at the time. I mean, so to get a, to get a win of that caliber, um, I do think that there may be a bit more from just an overall skill standpoint and talent standpoint, a bit closer to the kinds of teams that was giving Horn trouble during the the 0-7 start. So I like Westfield to uh, to get the win. Plus, you got to factor in the travel aspect. Yeah, that is that is another. Factor and that I didn't touch on it. They, Horn's got to go a lot further. Yeah. Than Westfield was the, Westfield won the coin toss in this one. As Horn will have to travel 175 miles south to Sam Houston State University mm. versus just 50 miles of travel for Westfield. So got to factor that into. But yes, I like Westfield to get the win here. And um, yeah, the picket line was in strong favor of Westfield in this one. Taylor, you the the dissenting vote in a uh, in a five to one margin for Westfield. So myself, Brian, Justin Thomas, Devin Hassan, Kendrick Johnson, all siding with Spring. Westfield to get the win over Horn. Uh, let's see. Let's shift gears to Saturday, 1 p.m. McLean Stadium in Waco. Allen and the Woodlands. They meet again. The rematch. The rematch. First time since 2016. Obviously, for those who are unaware, uh, the Woodlands, the last team to defeat Allen. Mm-hmm. They, uh, they handed Allen a loss back in the 2016 6A Division I state semifinals. Uh, only the second time I've ever seen Allen lose a game in person. Wow. And all Who's the, the other one? Uh, when they lost to Westlake the year before, hmm. the one that snapped the streak. Um, so, uh, you know, I went back through and, uh, you know, read my game story from that 2016 game. Um, just, it, it's weird because, how's this for a weird Allen stat? So they lost the game to the Woodlands 36-28, to and just an eight-point loss, you mm-hmm. know, nothing, ma- nothing major. That is the most that Allen has lost a football game by since 2008. 
to Euless Trinity, and they lost by 10. So we're now past the point where, and that Trinity game was back in, I believe, September 2008. So we're now past the marker where it's been an entire decade, and Allen has not lost a game by double digits. When was the last time they got blown out? Um, I would have to dig up that number. Yeah. I did not know that one off that the top of my head, but it's been a hot minute. Wow. Um, you know, the Woodlands, they it was very similar to the Westlake game in that they mm-hmm. got Allen in a huge hole early on. Allen was down in this one, I believe, as much as 23 points, 26 to 3 in the second half. They were able to, you know, to mount a bit of a comeback because that's what Allen will do. They'll win the second half no matter the, uh, no matter the stakes, it seems. Um, but they just had a really tough time handling just the speed of the Woodlands receiver plus, um, you know, the quarterback at the time, Eric Schmidt, and his dual-threat capabilities um, just really... And then Allen just... They kind of got behind the eight ball early. They had a... Uh, I believe they had a field goal blocked on their opening drive, and then they threw an interception the following series. So just an ill wind was blowing all all afternoon as far as this being a very unorthodox game for Allen. And then to ask, uh, you know, to ask you know head coach Terry Gamble just to kind of reflect on that game, I mean, he was as blunt as he's been with me in that we got what we deserved. That was his, his exact quote, um, you know, basically saying that the preparations leading up to that game in 2016 weren't what they should have been, that they did not have the best week of practice. And, yeah, he said just flat out, we got what we deserved that day. So it'll be interesting to see just how much has changed. Obviously, it's not the same Woodlands team as, you know, there was a two, as, you know, there was two years ago. It's a new head coach, albeit, you know, it's not like they brought in an outsider. They promoted their longtime offensive coordinator. Um, to uh, you know, to take over as head coach. This is his first year, and they got off to a bit of a rocky start. Had a no one two beginning to the year, but have since rounded back into form. Um, I believe they've won nine of ten games, and I, I guess stylistically, you know, Coach Gamble said there's a lot of the same elements to the, you know as the team that they at, at that Allen saw you know a couple of years ago, but perhaps not the uh, at least just from what I've been able to gather, just not maybe the explosiveness mm-hmm. that that uh, that, mm-hmm. that team had. Um, you know, the defense you know went through a bit of a bit of a shaky game last week in giving up 50 points to uh, to I believe. Um, was it Round Rock Cedar Ridge? Yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens. You know, I mean, I guess Allen. I mean, obviously the motivation is. You know, yeah. Yeah, it's, there's yep. never been an easier game to motivate Allen for yep. <laughs> and a chance to get revenge on the Woodlands. Um, you know, I think that it helps that Allen was tested. You know, mm-hmm. last week in a way that they hadn't been up to this point all season, having to really grind out a, uh, a game for the uh, you know through all four quarters for the very first time all season when they were able to outlast Rockwall uh, 52 to 40 in a game that really challenged Allen in a way that no other team has just with Rockwall's dynamic passing offense so I think that should at least help serve as some sort of a tune-up anxious to see if you know Woodlands has you know got the ability to put up some points I don't know necessarily to the uh, to the level of a Rockwall but mm-hmm. with the uh, with the defense and them you know taking a, you know needing at least a half to kind of you know adjust to what Rockwall was doing I'm anxious to see what the encore is and if they have a bit more of the uh, kind of the more even keel performances that we've come to know out of the Allen defense. Um, I like Allen though in this one. Obviously, to get their revenge, I think that they can do so in the neighborhood of fourteen to seventeen points. I think it can be an all right game for you know for two and a half quarters or so, and then Allen just kind of pulls away as they will as they will be one to do. You're not predicting a, a thirty point blowout. I'm not. <laughs> although, hey, I've I've shot low on just about yeah. every Allen margin of victory this season. It's it hard ex- to predict how many points Allen will beat someone by. Let's yeah. put it that way. Yes, <laughs> except for the Plano West game, I was spot on for the. Beat <laughs> Plano West by 56. That's true. <laughs> now, does this sound right? In 2006, 
South Lake beat Allen thirty-eight to nothing in the yeah, playoffs. Does that a, sound right? Yeah, that's okay. Right. So that might have been not official, but that yeah. might have been the, the time frame of the last blowout. And that was still that was it was like an, an entirely different oh, yeah. epoch in the yep. in, in the Allen story. And that's book. when South Lake was South, South Lake, Lake so. with on all caps. Yeah, yeah. Now, now Allen's the team that's in all caps. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, and it was a uh, it was a clean sweep on the picket line. Yeah. Everyone likes Allen to uh, to go down to Waco and punch their ticket to the regional final. Um. Yeah. It's a 6-0 sweep for Allen to. Exact revenge on the Woodlands. Let's see. Let's go with another game that is um, on Saturday, 2 p.m. out at Apogee Stadium. Uh, Hebron taking on Haltom. Uh, the Hawks bound for the third round for the first time since 2007. It's been a hot minute, man. It's since, since Hebron's had a run like this. Um, you know, we'll uh, we'll see if they can build off of this performance against uh, against Richardson Pierce. Uh, you know, I mean, quarterback Carson Harris had. I mean, you'd have to probably search pretty far back to find a, a dual threat performance quite like this from the quarterback position at Hebron. 171 passing yards, 208 rushing yards, and six total touchdowns. Um, yeah, what a, it's going to be. A, there is some major shootout potential in this yeah. game because yep. if there's one thing, they, uh, he, obviously Hebron can put up the points. Um, so can Haltom. <laughs> Haltom, which um, you know we mentioned on Monday, has been one of the uh, one of the noteworthy stories yeah. as far as a team that really just kind of came out of nowhere this season, um, just mired in just a, a, an absolute hallmark year for the Buffaloes. They are averaging 47.9 points, mm-hmm. 477.9 yards per game, um, while only allowing 23.2. 367 and a half. I mean, it's uh, Halton's a pretty salty bunch. I think that offense is going to be just a little bit too much for Hebron, and I uh, I'm siding with the Buffaloes to keep their uh, their mojo rolling in this one. Before, like right before the playoffs, I had maybe it was like midway through the season, I hadn't heard anyone say anything about Halton. Yeah. Ever, like ever, and I, I looked it up. They were. Uh, in 2014, they went winless. 2015, they won one game. And so I was like, okay, when you think of Haltom, you never think of football. And now here they are, 12-0, and 0, like you said, one of the best stories in mm-hmm. all of the Metroplex in high school football. It's, it's unbelievable. Well, <laughs> it was interesting, too, because, you know, everybody was, was talking about Haltom, but it was always like, when's the other shoe going to drop, kind of, because yeah. nobody really believed it. And then, you know, October 12th, they go out and beat Trinity, and everybody's kind of finally like, well, maybe, maybe mm-hmm. something's going on. You know, here at Haltom, and then they just continue to put up points and put up points and put up points and beat people into the ground and and beat Midland Lee forty two twenty seven and it, it's 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 hard to go against them now. You know, they they have the offense obviously to to win a game that's that's a shootout to win a game against a guy like Trajan Bridges even if he goes off. Um, but then they they uh, you know they they have the mojo too. They have the X factor right now. You know what I mean? Sometimes a team like that. Um, just keeps rolling and, and keeps kind of using that chip on their shoulder, even though maybe it, it shouldn't be there at this point anymore. It definitely should have been there in the beginning of the year. But but you know after that after that Trinity win and, and after the way that they've moved through this season, they they're still going to play with it. But they've earned everything they've gotten to this point, and I think you know that offense is as you mentioned is just going to be too much for for Hebron. This ga- the the game on the picket line is interesting because our own Justin Thomas he picked. Hebron, yeah. you know, he's seen Hebron play a million times this year. So, d- does he know something we don't know, or I don't know, or is he just being a homer? Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm they, just, go ahead. No, no. I said I was just checking to see that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're Holtham's lowest scoring output has been 28 points, but outside of that, I mean, they are in. I mean, this is they eclipse 40 on the regular. Like, yeah, it's not even. Cl- I mean, it's like 28 is the lowest, and then 39, I think, maybe is the second lowest. Like it's it's ridiculous. So yeah, it's, like their floor is five touchdowns against yeah. teams. That's insanity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think that's just going to be a little bit too much for Hebron. So mm-hmm. yes, a, a five to one nod for the actually wasn't five to one. Yeah, yeah, it was five to one. Yep, I think he was Hebron going. and Halton look very similar when you look at them side by side on paper. So uh, yes, it was a five to one. Justin Thomas being the dissenting vote for Hebron, the rest of us rolling with the Halton Buffaloes to continue this uh, this dream run of theirs. And let's round this out with a with a game that I know you'll have particular interest in, Brian. Uh, Saturday, two p.m. at a Kincaid Stadium mm-hmm. in Dallas. Uh, Frisco Lone Star and John Tyler. Frisco, a resurgent Frisco yes. Lone Star. Can we revisit the whole conversation about having Reedy and Lone Star play? Because at the beginning of the yeah. year, it was like, man, we want to see him play. And then it was like, no, we don't, because Reedy would just kill them. I want to see them play again. I've, I've changed my stance back to my original stance. So I think after the playoffs are over, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to talk to Rayburn. I'm going to talk to Cole. Yeah. Gonna, hey, do it for like charity flag or football. something. Flag yeah, football, yeah. charity. Just, no, just put up the pads one more time. <laughs> if anyone gets hurt, you have a whole year to get ready. It's just. We need to see it. You know, twenty bucks a ticket. You'll sell some tickets, make some money, donate to charity, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But that would be so awesome. We'll we'll, we'll never know. Uh, Lone Star, man, it, it's hard to pick against them right now. Mm-hmm. You know, after what they've done uh, in two games in the playoffs. You know, they forced six turnovers against Lufkin. Uh, you know, this defense. I mean, I, can you think of a better defense in the, on the five A level right now in the area than than Frisco Lone Star? Because I, I can't. Mm. And you know, and, and something that Rayburn told me earlier this week is, you know, what really, what really stood out to me is, you know, they've they've been in the ringer in a lot of these games. They've gone blow to blow in so many games this year against really good teams. Highland Park being mm. one of them. And you know, it's it's finally coming coming into fruition now in the playoffs. And they're. I think they're playing their best football. Rayburn's still telling me they haven't played their best football yet. You know, of course a coach is going to say that, but you know, I I can see that. Julian Larry, that offense, you know, all those guys uh, on the entire offensive unit really they, they have just skyrocketed in production. And man, I I can't pick against them uh, until they they give me a, until they lose. I, I you know, and they're out of this thing. I'm I'm not going to pick against them uh, the rest of the way, just based off of of what they've done so far in the, these playoffs and how they've turned things around offensively mainly. You know, and we can keep our uh, we can keep our fingers crossed for a chance that Reedy and Lone Star could cross paths. Obviously, not this year, not next year. 2020, though, next realignment, they're probably not going to be in the same district. So, Coach Raber and Coach Cole, if they, I don't know to what extent their non-district schedules are filled out, but. Let's make it happen, guys. Yeah, work something out. But I don't know. The guy, a lot of guys yeah. will be gone by then, and may not still be, may not be as juicy. I don't know. I don't. Do you see these programs going anywhere anytime soon over the no. next couple of years? No. <laughs> no. I mean, with as consistent as Lone Star's been, Reedy has clearly you know been on the come up just for you know for a while now. So uh, yeah, let's make it happen it, soon. It's something about the playoffs for Lone Star too. You know, this has been the best football program, not even close in in Frisco for the last you know six years or so, five years, yeah. and they're just proving it once again. You know, everyone was counting them out, myself included. You know, a lot of people were picking them to lose against Legacy. Everyone picked them to lose against Lufkin, and here they are. You know, it's Lone Star time. I, I'm <laughs> teasing a, a story on Salina uh, that I, I met with them earlier this week, and you know how Salina ramps it up in the playoffs. Yeah. Well, so does Lone Star, and mm-hmm. they're they're proving it once again. Yep, a uh, a six o. Wow, there you go. What a uh, how, how fickle things change. How yeah. fickle the We're pick line the, the Lone Star. It makes more sense yeah. this yeah. week, though. I don't like the you know with with barely eking out games over West Mesquite, and McKinney North, and Poteet. Yeah. Lufkin and, is and, a way better team than and, Tyler John Tyler. Yeah, so. it's it's it, Lone Star's got it all going mm-hmm. right now. So 
Yeah, a 6-0 sweep in favor of Lone Star one week after we picked them to lose to Lufkin <laughs> in a 6-0 sweep. So what the heck do we know? Um, yeah, so that'll, uh, let's see. That'll do it for this edition of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast. Should be a, should be a fun week in the, uh, in the third round. We'll be back on Monday to talk a bit about the, uh, the third round as we will now be down to the, uh, the state quarterfinals at that time. The final eight should be a doozy. Um, so yeah, this has um, been Matt Welch of Star Local Media. Uh, Taylor? Yes. <laughs> I did it's it been again. so long since you've done it. I did it again. Yes. Taylor, Brian, I appreciate you guys for tagging along. Folks, you enjoy the rest of your week, and we will talk to you all later. Thanks for checking out this edition of the Star Local Media High School Sports Podcast, brought to you by Performance Food Group. They deliver more than 150,000 food and related products to customers all across the country. Their McKinney office is currently hiring Class A CDL drivers, order selectors, and many other entry and part-time positions. For more information, you can visit their website at pfgc.com slash careers, or you can call 214-491-3130. That is Performance Food Group located in McKinney at 500 Metro Park Drive. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.